This episode is sponsored by The Jordan Harbinger Show. Named the best podcast of 2018 by Apple. Tons of fascinating guests. Untold stories you won't hear anywhere else. Expand your wisdom and discover other perspectives that you've never considered before with The Jordan Harbinger Show. Join Jordan as he interviews high-profile people as well as intriguing personalities. Each episode features a discussion that might just take you anywhere. I recommend episode 970, where Jordan and guest Annie Jacobson talk nuclear annihilation. How likely is it? How scared should you be? And what comes after? There's also episode 886 with David Farina, which delves into the wacky world of flat earthers. These episodes are great starting points, but you're sure to find deep, interesting, and thought-provoking topics throughout Jordan's catalog. Turn off the music and turn up the wisdom with The Jordan Harbinger Show. We really enjoy this show and we think you will as well. There's just so much here. Check out jordanharbinger.com start for some episode recommendations or search for The Jordan Harbinger Show. That's H-A-R-B as in boy, I-N as in Nancy, G-E-R. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Beware the Redwood Bureau, a secret organization which captures and researches creatures and objects that defy explanation. Their reckless procedures have led to countless innocent lives lost. I am Agent Conroy. I worked for the Redwood Bureau, but I have escaped them to leak their reports to the unsuspecting public. You have the right to know. Redwood Bureau Report 0103. Genesis. The Bureau often finds itself on the cusp of the unexplainable. Whether through fear, intrigue, or the simple unknown, stories make their way to the Bureau for further investigation. Often these stories prove false, no further inquiry required. But the stories that do prove themselves worthy are designated a report number. Report number 0103, titled Genesis, is one such report. Stowed away in the deepest floor at the very back of the last filing cabinet comes a report that finds itself standing apart from the rest. Animals, people, tools, all of these categories find themselves recurring in reports. But the Genesis report involves different material. Plants, the Venus flytrap, the pitcher plant. These plants are known as carnivorous plants and may in fact be the ones that come to mind when one thinks of plants that will protect themselves. But all plants are living beings, and all living beings want to defend themselves. They want to keep living. The Genesis plant is one such plant. Found at the center of a strange outbreak in the backwoods of Florida, 
the Genesis plant has been taken into custody by the Bureau with hopes to prevent any future spread. At least, that's the explanation given by Redwood when questioned by other Alphabet agencies about their interest in Genesis. The following memory was extracted by researchers from one unfortunate victim. Memory playback will now commence. Genesis. Another day, another dollar. That's what my grandma used to say. But I mean, whose grandma didn't say that? It's words that a previous generation once lived by, and now they expect our generation to live by them. I try, but sometimes I end the day with less dollars than I started off with. That's what it's like running a dying diner near the Everglades. You know how those big New York City places worry about rats? Well, the last diner on the left has to worry about other things, like alligators, and snakes, and poisonous plants. Did you know there's a whole issue with pythons and boa constrictors in Florida because people buy snakes and the snakes end up too large and they're like, well, I'll just dump it into the wild. So then we get programs for people to go catch the snakes. They make more money than I do, but I'm not touching a snake. I'll stick with my restaurant. I tried some vegetarian stuff before, but it didn't work out. These people love their greasy-ass burgers and fries. Donnie, God bless him, tried to sell me some snake to cook one time. He just waltzed right into my place with a crate, sets it on the floor, and starts going on about how my diner needs a change on the menu. Well, not that much of a change. I about had a heart attack. I couldn't tell if it was the snake or a nearby pot making that hissing sound. But I had never told Donnie to get out so fast in my life. Come on, Chloe, he chided. That menu needs an update and this is just the thing. Get the fuck out of here, Donnie, I almost screamed. Take that damn snake and get as far away from my place as you've ever been. If he had a tail, it would have been between his legs. I love Donnie like a brother, but sometimes, sometimes he's too trying, even for me. I know he just needs a paycheck. Everyone around this place does, including me, but I don't need one that bad. Another day, Another goddamn dollar. I hear the bell of the front door before I've even turned on the stove for the day. I look through the window and see Harriet in all her pre-fishing glory. She's going out on the boat today and looking for breakfast beforehand, as usual. I finish turning the oven on and hold a finger up to her through the kitchen window. She nods as she sits, grabbing a toothpick and plopping it in her mouth. I grab a clean rag and toss it over my shoulder as I come into the diner proper. Harriet, what the hell do you want this morning? I say with a genuine smile. Most of my smiles are actually genuine with the folks around here, but there's just something about Harriet. Another woman trying to make it in the shitty man's world, I guess. A fellow sufferer. We ain't gonna burn bras together or anything, but the female companionship is nice. Also, the bra burning wasn't a fucking thing. They threw them in the dumpsters. Harriet snaps me out of my inner monologue. Girl, I'm in the mood for something different. Something with some bite. Something to wake me up. There is nothing different, though. Nothing with some bite. Harriet knows I have the same stuff every day. I'm not letting Donnie bring that snake back in, I say with a chuckle. There's plenty of biting stuff out there on your boat anyways. Harriet raises an empty coffee mug to me. Here's to hoping. I fill the mug with black brew grabbing the pot from the machine before it can finish brewing its first pot. Drops of coffee drip down to the hot plate, sizzling on impact. 
The smell is something that never gets old. It's nice, comforting, probably smells like every other diner, but it's mine and I love it. Harriet nods a thank you to me and takes a long sip from a mug. I set the pot back on the machine and stare out the front window of the diner, watching the sun finally spill orange onto the swaying reeds in front of my dock. What you hoping for today? Harriet finishes a second sip. Same thing I hope for every day. Anything. I nod. Reeds seem to be growing faster than usual. You're both going to make it out there? They'll do just fine. Mad Max has never let me down. Maybe I can get Donnie to come in and clear this shit out for a few bucks, I say. The inside of the glass I'm cleaning squeaks as I finish wiping it with the rag. Boy needs something. He ain't catching these snakes as often as he was. I finally take my eyes off the sunrise and look down to her. Shit, we finally getting rid of these snakes? Something is. Hopefully it isn't another invasive, in, invasive, I correct. She snaps her fingers. Yeah, you know what I mean. Looks like that degree did you some good. I smile. She's always giving me shit about going off to a liberal school. The big city. It was Gainesville, not a city, a swamp, but I let her go on. Those snakes caused all sorts of issues. I'm glad they're finally getting out of here. You and me both, I say, setting down yet another clean glass. So the usual? She raises her mug in a toast manner. I head back to the kitchen to get started. Steak and two over easy eggs for my favorite customer. The rest of the morning goes by in a haze. The usuals come in and out, on their way to another day in the sun. I'm the only one that works here, but it's really all that's needed. I may sigh when speaking about the place, but I really do love it. It's the same thing every day. Same people, same rumors, same problems, and same solutions. Donnie tries to keep me on my toes, though. At about noon, he swaggers through the back door, the screen rattling as he lets it fall closed behind him. How's my favorite cook doing? He yells his voice booming through the back kitchen and over the low country music I have playing. I couldn't stand country music growing up, but I find the nostalgia of it now very relaxing. It's all buzzwords like pickup truck and dirt road, but it works. She'd be a lot better if you would fix that screen door you fucked up last month. Donnie was a little too excited on a visit last month and put some vigor into closing the door after I paid him extra to take my recycling out. That door will be the last thing on your mind after I leave today, he said setting a dirt-covered box on a milk crate near my kitchen counter. Is that a threat? I ask, eyeing the box. He smiles. It's a promise, Chloe. Check this out. He pries open the cardboard and reveals the inside contents of the dirt-covered box. I don't know what I was expecting. Eggs? Deer meat? Another snake? But it certainly wasn't what I found to be in the box. A plant. A bush. Whatever the hell it was. This small-stemmed green piece of shrubbery that had no business being so close to my actual produce. Dude, what the fuck? Don't bring random plants in here and just set them next to my food. He looks at me, eyes wide. Girl, this is food. These here are blueberries. He reaches in and snaps off a berry, holding it out for inspection on the palm of his hand. Why do I want blueberries? I ask, shaking my head while I wipe my hands on my rag. Donnie shrugs and plops the berry into his mouth. Because the apple pie you have on the menu could use a buddy. Don't get me wrong, I love your apple pie. It's the best in town. It's the only in town, I cracked. Yeah, exactly. We all love it. But I think we could all use something a bit different. You know, some diversity. 
Danny pops another berry into his mouth. I look down at the plant, its dark green leaves reflecting the kitchen lights above. It's almost like the plant has a sheen of oil coating the leaves. That can't be good. And Donnie's just chugging away on these things. Are you sure these are blueberries? I ask. Donnie nods. Oh, absolutely. Bloobs used to grow out by the train tracks near my place when I was little. Used to go out with Mrs. Green and come back with three buckets full. Donnie, those aren't blueberries. He looks back down at them and then back to me. Yeah, they are. They damn sure taste like them. He offers me another one. I stare at it in his hand. I can kind of see what he means. It's, well, small and blue. And it's got the same pitted top that blueberries usually have. It even smells like a blueberry. These have to be really ripe to grow out of the grease and coffee drifting throughout the diner. Still, there's no way in hell I'm eating a random plant Donnie just brought in. It's probably diarrhea is what it is. I turn back to the burgers I have sizzling on the grill and flip them over. Been eating them for a while and ain't got sick yet. Well, good for you, I say without looking at him. But I'm not taking some plant you bring in here in a dirty-ass box and cooking it and serving it up to my customers. You have any idea how much trouble I could get into if somebody got really sick from that? Harriet even said they were blueberries, just better than any other ones she had. I turned to Donnie. You gave some to Harriet? Donnie, it's the one thing to make yourself sick, but don't go taking others down with you. Donnie leans near the kitchen window and shouts, Hey, Hollis! I hear a quiet, Yeah, come back from the diner. Donnie goes on, Which one you like better, apple pie or blueberry pie? I flip the burger and throw a slice of cheddar cheese on it. Well, Irene used to make a damn good apple pie. That's why I like Chloe so much. I like the big old chunks of apple she uses, so I'd have to say apple. It's... Okay, shut up, Hollis, Donnie sighs. I punch him in the arm. We both know Hollis can go on for quite some time, but I just can't stand it when people say shut up. It sounds so rude. Donnie knows this, but he forgets. He forgets a lot of stuff. See? They love my apple pie. No reason to change. Donnie pops another blueberry into his mouth. Just because there's no reason to change doesn't mean you shouldn't try something new. Every now and then, Donnie has some slight words of wisdom. They're not often, but they're there. Still, I'm not selling his random produce in my diner. Sorry, Donnie. I know you could probably use the cash, but I can't take the risk. Oh, Chloe, it's not even about the money. I just want you to embrace diversity and expand your menu. This will be good for your pocketbook, not mine. He tips his cap back on his balding head which in turn will be good for your pocketbook. No, Donnie. I plate up the burger and fries, done with the conversation. Donnie lets out an exasperated sigh. <sighs> Can't blame a guy for trying. And I never would, I say, giving him a side wink. Donnie packs up the box and leaves. The rest of the day is the same old, same old. Customers I see every day. Food I make every day. Conversations I have every day. I can't remember when this all started. When was the first time I heard about Donnie's money troubles? How long has it been since Hollis's wife passed? How many apple pies have I made? I couldn't even stand apple pie when I was a kid. When did I start making it? Once you get into a routine, it's hard to remember the origin. I guess it doesn't matter. As long as you're enjoying life, who gives a shit when it all started? Or when it will all end? Warning, This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. 
June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. takes two seconds to open the diner in the morning, but it always feels like it takes about 200 hours to close. I walk out to the back door and toss the trash into the outside can. The sights here never get old. Blue, orange, and green as far as the eye can see. Sometimes the boats that dot the horizon spoil the view, but I always enjoy seeing Harriet's little vessel chug back up to the land. Mad Max is pulling up now, motor sputtering in the back. Actually, that's just the boat against the reeds. The motor doesn't sound like it's running. The boat slowly drifts up to the dock near my diner. I stand next to the post and lean out over the water. Toss your rope in, I yell, but Harriet doesn't seem to hear me. I can't see her through her front windshield. She usually cuts the engine early and lassoes the rope onto the dock. Hey, old lady, what's the holdup? I yell again. I can't see her at all. Thankfully, the boat is just drifting, but it's not slowing down or changing course. Harriet is coming right for the dock. Harriet! I don't need a damaged dock. I run inside and grab a broom. When I return, her boat is about 20 feet away. I hold the broom backwards, pointing it toward the boat. The whole of the ship makes contact and almost knocks the broom out of my hand. I push back against the momentum, forcing the boat to come to a halt. It doesn't stop completely. I'm not that strong. The boat dings against the dock and knocks me on my ass. A wooden plank on the dock juts up and the forehole of the Mad Max has a decent ding on it now. But thankfully, that's the end of it. I jump up and brush off my pants. Girl, what the hell? I hop onto the boat but don't see Harriet anywhere. All I see at the helm is a bush. What the hell? I find the rope and toss it around the post on the dock so the boat won't go anywhere. I walk into the wheelhouse and don't see Harriet anywhere. Instead, 
There are dark green leaves everywhere. A sapling of sorts rises from the ground and wraps around the wheel of the boat. Wait, it doesn't rise from the ground. It's coming up from Harriet's shoes. Her shoes sit on the ground with the roots of the plant firmly planted in them. I follow the plant up and see that tattered pieces of Harriet's clothes are hanging all over the bush. I pull a sleeve off and see that the bush is entwined with the fabric, snaking through one side and out the other. It's Harriet's shirt she was wearing this morning. Okay, seriously, what the fuck? I turn the fabric over and something falls out. A dark, purple, circular thing lands with a quiet thud on the deck of the boat. I lean down to pick it up, but stop right before I touch it. It's a berry. The same berries that Donnie had earlier. Did Donnie give one of these plants to Harriet? He said he gave her some of the berries, but even if she planted her own, they wouldn't grow this fast. They definitely wouldn't grow just like this on her boat. They wouldn't... And that's when I realized. This thing didn't grow on Harriet's boat. It grew inside of Harriet. The whole plant I'm looking at, the shape of the twigs that the leaves grow on. It's in the shape of a person. This thing grew in Harriet. What the fuck happened to Harriet? How the fuck did her clothes get on this thing? Did this plant explode from Harriet's body? There's no way. No fucking way. I jump off the boat and run back into my restaurant. I make it over to my landline and dial 911. I could have used my cell phone, but I want the physical connection. I don't want to lose service. I need someone out here now. Before I get the final number dialed, I hear the back screen door slam shut. I turn and drop the phone. Donnie is standing in the doorway, black ooze pouring from his nose and ears. Chloe, I don't feel so good. I run over to him. Christ, Donnie, what the hell happened? I grab him by the shoulders and help him sit back against the fridge. I feel sick, he mumbles. His speech is slurred. His breath smells sickly sweet. He coughs, and the black phlegm that comes out of his nose comes out of his mouth. He can't stop himself before it gets on me. I jump back, but it's already on my skin. I snatch a rag out of my pocket and try to wipe the ooze off, but it's almost like tar. It sticks in between my arm hairs, adhering itself to whatever it touches. My hair, skin, the rag, it doesn't let go of anything. I run over to the sink and try to wash it off, but it's staining my skin. It doesn't let up. Hang on, Don, just a sec. I've never called him Don in my life, but I'm not thinking straight. It's gotta be that stupid plant. I told him to leave that shit alone. Chloe, my stomach hurts. Something, something's wrong. I run back over to him with a rag and some water. I dab the rag against his cheek, but the phlegm doesn't come off. It's a black glue and smells like blueberries. How much of that stuff did you eat? Donnie's head lulls to one side and then the other. I've been eating it a while. Can't get groceries. I lean back. Donnie, you can always get a free meal here. You know that. I didn't want to put you out. I chuckle. Well, you damn sure doing that now. I tossle his hair. When I pull my hand away, some of his hair sticks to it. I stare, then shake it off. A bald patch is now on the side of his head. Something's inside, Chloe, he mumbles. Inside where? I ask. Inside the diner? Inside. He grips his stomach. I slowly reach down to his shirt and lift it up. Protrusions from his skin snake their way across his abdomen. It looks like he's pregnant and the baby has tentacles. I jump back from him. Jesus, fuck, what the hell? His abdomen explodes open. Vines and twigs arch out of his stomach. Blood mixed with black ooze spatters all over the kitchen. A few berries slam up against the back wall and explode on impact. Donnie! I scream, but it's too late. There's no way he's coming back from this. 
Only, he stands up. His body rises as his head rolls back. More vines erupt from his mouth. <coughs> his speech is cut off by the plant taking over his whole body. His arms reach out toward me. I run out of the kitchen, but this thing shambles after me. It moves a lot quicker than Donnie ever did. He certainly wasn't known for his agility. I hop over the counter and grab a knife. Donnie hops over the counter right behind me. Well, not so much a hop as it is a vine crawl of sorts. The vines reach over the counter and plant themselves on the ground. His feet are now standing up toward the ceiling, like he's doing a handstand in a pool. The vines reach out toward me and I swing with the butcher knife. One of the vines is slashed open, black ooze pouring out of it and down the front of his shirt. The sweet smell overpowers me and I fall to the ground. I swing again with a knife, but it's no use. The vines are everywhere. They're all around me. The plant is on top of me. A vine holds down each of my limbs. I scream for help, but there's no one around. Everyone's gone home. Donnie or Harriet would be my only visitors this late at night, and whatever happened to them is about to happen to me. I still can't help it. I scream all the more while swinging wildly with my blade. One vine is cut. Another is cut. Leaves and berries fall all around me. The vines hold me down. Then, one final vine hovers in front of my face, like a snake ready to strike. It shifts to the side, then strikes toward my mouth, forcing its way in and down my throat. I can feel the prickly surface of the plant. It rubs up against my tongue, my esophagus. It buries itself in my body. The last thing in the world I taste is berries. The Bureau took over investigations of the Genesis plant outbreak after the FBI was unable to come to a concrete conclusion. The last diner on the left, along with its owner and patrons, disappeared from their small Everglades community, the only thing left in their absence, this strange plant. It has since been discovered that the plant has been carbon dated to be over 3,000 years old, having possibly laid dormant in the swamps of southern Florida for many centuries. The Bureau continues investigations into the spread of the plant, and at this point in time, the plant seems to spread through infecting a number of hosts through ingestion or touch. The plant produces blueberry-like berries that can be deceiving to the eyes as edible, but are in fact the primary source of the plant's spread and reproduction. At the time of this recording, in addition to the possible diner fatalities, there have been three casualties at the Bureau, including a dog that ate the berries, a doctor that touched the leaves without personal protective equipment, and that doctor's assistant who seemed to have contracted the sickness from the doctor by way of bodily fluids. It is with great vigilance that the Bureau holds in protection this ancient plant species. If the Genesis plant were to escape containment, the spread of the plant could be the beginning of the end. RBP report 0103 deactivated. I'm Josh Tomar, host of Redwood Bureau. Thank you for listening. Redwood Bureau is a horror fiction podcast and part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. For more dreadful terrors, follow Redwood Bureau on Spotify and iTunes, and check out our other podcasts like Unexplained Encounters and Freaky Folklore on your favorite podcast platform. You can find me on Twitter and Twitch under username Tomamoto, T-O-M-A-M-O-T-O. -O -O, and my voiceover is featured in a wide variety of your favorite video games, anime, and other animated shows. Until next time, don't forget, this world is a strange one.
our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.